Welcome to All's Fair in Lava and Floor. I'm Amanda. And I'm Anne. And we're here to talk to you about everybody's favorite obstacle course game show, Floor is Lava. And uh, this week we have yet another exciting guest, um, our mutual friend, I would say, mm-hmm. Tom Dyke, who I, I don't know, like, how, how would you like to be introduced, Tom? I feel like I feel like I had an idea and I was going to say something about you know, how cool you are at coordinating live streams. Um, And then I realized that maybe that was a little too niche. And and, and I mean, it's niche, but it's the thing that I love doing the most. I think that I think sort of like uh, event coordinator, uh, a wrangler of exciting ideas is is a, you know, what I what I like (laughs) to focus on. But, you know, video production and uh, marketing stuff, you know, something along there. I like to I like to help people who make games and entertainment do it better. Yes. Tom is my absolute hero when we do a live stream. <laughs> so uh, there's that. But also I've known Tom it's for a joy. years and years. And Tom was on the final episode of season one of mm-hmm. uh, All's Fair and Lava and Floor, which was us playing an RPG that we made up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I think we escaped. I, I didn't go back and listen to it. I didn't either. It didn't occur to me until you said that yes. right now to listen. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All I can, all I remember is that it was super fun, and I felt like I was being a nuisance, which is you know typically the role playing <laughs> game mm-hmm. sort of uh, you know role I fill. But uh, I think it worked out yeah. well enough. I guess now we're gonna have to do uh, like an expansion with a volcano, huh? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you gotta! Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm very excited for that idea. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> But Tom hadn't been on a regular episode to talk about, you mm-hmm. know, an episode of Flora's Lava. And so we were very excited when you reached out and said that you'd be interested because uh, I love talking to you and I am very excited to talk about this show. Oh, with well, basically, thank you. And I'm so excited. This episode in particular, I feel, is real fun. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to, to hearing y'all's thoughts on what what is, I feels like the second all parent episode. Yeah, they had a lot of parents in. Was it the first up? Ep- it was the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but this is a whole nother level. Uh, yeah, I was just. I spent so much time in the last episode of our show being like in awe of all of the people who were so athletic. And then they done oh, went yeah. and did it again for this episode. <laughs> um, and yeah but tried to play it off as it's moms versus dads. And I'm like, that's not what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. That is not at all what was going on here. Uh, yeah. It was, I, I loved specifically, I think if we're going to get into the dads yeah. who started mm-hmm. their whole theme was dad bod. Like yeah. we are, you know, unfit dads. And then they were like, Oh, all of us have five kids. All of us ran marathons and did a bunch of workouts. And I was like, hold up. Yeah. What the hell, man? Like, you can't claim to be a dad bod after you've run across the Sahara (laughs) Desert. And climbed, it sounded like most of the way, maybe not all of the way up Everest. Um, Yeah. I think he raced to the base camp of Everest and then climbed up. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, that's not a dad bod thing to do. 
bud. Like, yeah, like I. <laughs> And I was looking like, you know, since it was their theme, I was trying to, you know, like, look at their, you know, bods. And I was like, well, one of them's kind of got a dad bod, but the other two really don't. And it was, I don't know. That was, I think, the the producers <laughs> really wanted to, le- or maybe the dads themselves, lean into, you know, dad bod attitude, even if it wasn't, you know, exactly their real vibe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you have to give them credit for being extremely dads because I mean I yes. would have bought it you know the the dad persona if they had one child or two children and they all yeah. had four or five and I'm like yeah. you just do everything to the max is the idea that I'm getting yeah. at. but you just it has to be it has to be harder <laughs> and yeah. somehow no somehow you're victorious switch. they were just yeah. they were just so extra in every aspect even the mm-hmm. the weird like hairy dad bod shirts that they were wearing. Oh, I was like, yeah. this is so stupid and so beautiful. I love it. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I, I groaned audibly when I saw them, which I feel is what, you know, the dads are looking for. Uh-huh. And I was disgusted. And then I turned around and came to love them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I feel like that has happened to me with 50% of the teams on this show throughout its entire life. If I started out <laughs> being like, you're stupid, it's, because they're perfect, um, and I love them, mm-hmm. actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get too far away from it, too, I also want to make sure at the beginning, uh, Rutledge got me so good at the beginning as he is tripping on the gramophone. Oh, yes. I <laughs> Yes. I was so delighted. Um, it was the, the most uh, e- explanation of what the show is that we've gotten so far in this season uh after uh it was brought up in our first episode i've been kind of keeping an eye out and like they just straight up start most of these without even remotely giving context and this one was like all right a little context not a lot yeah but more than none um i think probably because it maybe maybe it's because you know the the way the teams performed needed a little bit more context at the beginning because the Mm. you know it wasn't as clear you know, based on their performance at the end, you know, they didn't all have the, um, they didn't all finish is what right. I mean to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then also, God, like Rutledge being in the room, being like, whoa, you guys see this is like, yeah, uh, peak everything I love about the show. So I'm so glad to like be back to that. <laughs> yeah. It, it felt, it felt like immensely on brand for me that, I mean, the two things that I, that I love most, the idea of there being a haunted attic, uh, like haunted mansion style <laughs> that they're in this haunted attic and right. then having Rutledge clearly afraid that he was going to fall off of that obstacle. <laughs> just, just, uh, exactly what I wanted from the first 30 seconds of the yeah. show. And I, I want to know how many times they made him do that take. Was that like <laughs> one you tripped? It was good enough. Or is that the best of several? <laughs> Gosh, I hope it was the best of several. I yeah. I did spend a couple of minutes being like, OK, but how do they get him out of there? <laughs> yeah, for real. That and it was like what I was thinking about that. And then also because I know he had the costume in episode one. Yeah, I was trying to parse his outfit for this one and it didn't track attic to me no except i couldn't tell if his shirt was like purposefully stained Mm. or if it was just a light pattern Uh, um, i spent way too much time looking at (laughs) rutledge's shirt to be like is this like a faded tie-dye is he like are these food stains is what are you doing up in the attic rutledge i thought it was lava stains at first um and then i realized that there were too many of them and that it was clearly you know high-end 
stained shirt as opposed to, um, yeah. you know, fashion, fashion dirt. Yeah. Fashion yeah. dirt, fashion stains. Yeah. You know, yeah. all the cool stuff, what the cool kids are wearing these days. <laughs> I mean, I'd buy a pre-lava shirt. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I mean, like, truly, that would be. If it was Flora's Lava merch and it was like, here's a pre-lava shirt, I'd probably buy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a free idea for you guys in case you're listening. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This whole uh, room was pretty wild. I kind of want to get into it because the first mm-hmm. thing that happens uh, when the dad bod guys finally get in the room is jumping onto that first box, which is perfect fake yes. right I'm like sorry i clapped everybody it's so just perfect. falls right into it it's great i loved it it was it was like one of those youtube videos of a cat making a terrible life choice <laughs> <laughs> it was so just like crawling too i like as everybody because they make you get up just high enough to crawl in it where mm-hmm. you're uh, for sure gonna fall yeah. that way yeah it was cartoonish and i loved it <laughs> I feel like because they've had one of those every episode, too, right? Or like one of those sort of tricky things. Mm-hmm. I'm forgetting episode two, but I know in one there was the the wagon that fell away. Yeah. And then there's this one. So it's like, I love this, that every episode there's a gotcha obstacle so far. Yeah. Apparently the uh, that picture frame on the wall was also kind of a gotcha, not in the same way. But like if you messed with it, it made lava shoot everywhere. Yeah, that was really weird to me. I it took me a few times. I definitely thought that at first it was a coincidence that Rutledge just capitalized on because it didn't Mm. seem like much happened. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get a great view on it, but I I guess I'm making assumptions based on the fact that that definitely was a thing that happened in some rooms in season one, Um, which, you know, it was. A producer getting to push a button, I'm sure. Uh, it wasn't like literally yeah. tied, but at the same time, I still thought it was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was, I was like, I wish more people would have grabbed it because I, I thought it, it was very fun. I was just like, give me another, give me another shot at this. I don't, I don't quite, it, it, I don't know. I just, I felt like they wanted it to be booby trapped and it probably actually was, but it, 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 in the final cut definitely felt glossed over in yeah. a sense. I, I think that it was one of those things where, because everything's happening so fast and simultaneously, I think sometimes you don't oh, yeah. really get the footage that you wanted um, mm-hmm. and you don't really have time to put it in the edit either. So, I mean, I think it worked as it was like, yeah, at least the yeah. the voiceover sort of told us what was happening. I actually yeah. I remember I was I was moderately distracted looking at those portraits because I was thinking this is definitely the production people, right? Like, yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. You know, I was taking a look trying to figure it out. And then it was like, okay, they're not all Rutledge, which was what my first guess would have been. Oh, that would have been. And then I was like, okay, they're definitely just the production team. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that that's so fun and smart, though. Like just being having a way to get them out there a little bit is so Mm -hmm. good. It was a nice little touch. This whole room like seemed, again, really difficult. Super difficult. Mm. And I think you can see in, in, uh, in the way that all of the different teams did it that I think this is the perfect example of why they added the exit passes, too, because yeah. it's just the room was so difficult and like one route was very obviously the easiest and uh, two were very, very difficult. So you needed those exit passes to force them into different directions, like multiple teams didn't want to uh, attack it from a certain way. So this one. And the moving gramophone. Oh, oh my gosh. Hmm. I feel like that's that's like the pyramid from season it one. Is. That's 
I mean, it's just so difficult. There's, I, I watched that very closely. Uh, I, I feel very strongly about this gramophone. The reason, <laughs> okay, I know, I, I don't know why this is the thing my brain latched onto. The pyramid from season one was cruel. It was straight up cruel on mm-hmm. the part of the set designers, in my opinion, <laughs> because it basically was throw yourself and pray. The gramophone, though. The reason that uh, the dad that got across, I think it was Steve, um, managed to make it and no one else did is because he rode it around and made sure to jump from the side that was pushing him toward the direction Mm -hmm. he was trying to go. Mm -hmm. And all of the other people uh, tried to make the jump from the end of the, the record that was closer to where they were trying to jump to but was actively like the path of it at that point was spinning away from it and so they all basically tried to make the running leap and then the push off from them was basically the same speed that it was going the other way and they just like had no forward momentum yeah 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 well and that's the problem too if you don't I think you have to you have to jump from the edge at the right point mm-hmm. and you have to jump with both feet because if right. you jump with one foot and you're trying to use your other like to push you forward, the gramophone is moving that foot away from you at the same right. speed and it pulls you sideways and out in a yep. way that you're not going to make it because it's too far. Yeah. Yeah. I it's there were a lot of no real face plants, but a lot of just like awkward hanging in the air from people. <laughs> I feel I have, like it was just I have one face plant. OK, yeah, I was curious because I, I was like watching through and I couldn't totally tell. I'm like, Amanda will know. Amanda's will know. tracking <laughs> face plants. We have gotten one per episode, really. I would I would argue two in episode two, but Rutledge said it wasn't one. So I guess it's not. Mm. Um yeah. But yeah, uh, one from Shilpa, uh, the last person to go out on uh, on the Bay Area oh, moms, yeah, absolutely face planted. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was wild. Um, yeah, I think I also, did somebody hit their face on one of the mannequins at one point? I think somebody uh, got it a little bit to the face. I'm not sure who it was. Yeah, I think it was Craig uh, who kind of whiffed his jump from the mannequins. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he in, whiffed his jump from the mannequins to the box and had a Oscar-worthy fall into yeah. the lava, I would <laughs> it say. It was really good. It like, was another one of those beautiful ones where I'm like, a producer did not have to tell you to let go. Yeah, you knew <laughs> exactly going. what your job was. This is why you came. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you prepared for this moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think those mannequins are deceptively simple, to be honest. It's kind of like... Yeah. They they remind me of I don't I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember this, but like the the ride on toys that they would have at playgrounds. Yeah. Kind of on the spring mm-hmm. that bounce back and forth. And if you yeah. if you use them wrong, you know, that was the thing that kids used to do was kind of try to get them to the farthest points. Mm-hmm. And eventually you could wind up with gravel in your face if you weren't careful. And this was really like like Satan's McDonald's playground energy from those things because they moved a lot more than you would expect. And the platform was really small and you've got to jump off of it because it's pretty far, you know, unless you have long enough legs that you can just step. Um, I think they they were under underrated as a difficult obstacle. For sure. Cause I, I noticed that uh, the dads who were very clearly the tallest team uh, Mm -hmm. had way less difficulty with those. I mean, I guess the jump off, but you know, 
just being able to stretch their legs, go from one to the other, rather than having a lot more difficulty. I think both uh, Steel Moms and Bay Area Moms did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it was, uh, again, like the the thing of height in any obstacle course thing, height's going to play a factor, but uh, it's always impressive to see how much of a factor. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, like in this course specifically, I think like a lot of them really relied on height in one way or another that just, I don't know, like after watching it a second time, I was very much like, this feels uh unfair how just how tall the dads are comparatively to this obstacle course mm -hmm. uh i've like watched a lot of survivor recently and in survivor whenever they do these sort of challenges based on you know balance or something they're like all of your um you know posts or all of the things you're working with have been adjusted to fit your height mm -hmm. and i was like well flores lava why aren't you taking this as seriously as the biggest <laughs> biggest reality tv game show on television yes like, get, on. get Step on survivor's up. level you need to <laughs> yeah. get this right obviously this is oh. equally important the prize money is not a percentage uh, it's, you know, oh my gosh, it's actually, now I've walked my way into thinking that I really need Jeff Probst to retire from survivor and start hosting Flora's Law. Yes. <laughs> like that would be that like Rutledge, I has done a great job. I think he's really stepped it up season two mm -hmm. as well, but like, oh my gosh, Jeff Probst in here. Come on, Mr. Jeff, please. Counter proposal. Can they swap? Mm. Oh yeah. That I think would be. Oh, I would man. love that just to see the meltdown that the Survivor <laughs> fan community online has. Oh, my God. That would be wild. Especially I can't. I am just now picturing Rutledge's like goofy. Wow, guys. Like as stuff is going on. Oh, my on. gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. When everyone's like a very tense tribal council, <laughs> like Rutledge is like, hey, everybody. So how are you doing on the island? Everybody hungry? Great. <laughs> awesome love to hear it guys <laughs> so good just dropping puns left and right let's go oh yeah jeff's pun game is not nearly as good as rutledge's i will i think <laughs> yeah. that's one of his weaknesses um you know it's just a muscle he hasn't had to stretch as much on survivor right i mean you know acting is acting is a, a difficult thing and and you do different kinds of acting in different positions mm -hmm. and he's just not on Rutledge's level for this kind of stuff and so it would yeah. be interesting to see him you know have an exercise in it at the very least yeah I think it would be fun to watch them compete with each other on Flores Lava personally <laughs> oh like a host um, yeah like I, a host run the course I want an exclusively uh like reality show host episode or maybe even season of Flores Lava. <laughs> oh yeah. And just, you know, get okay. all of them in there. Uh I feel like you're not far off from that though. I think this is exactly the type of show that lends itself mm. to a celebrity season. Right. Um I mean I feel like the only example I have is The Apprentice, which is not a great one. No. But you know, a show <laughs> where it was real people and then they were like, this is more fun with celebrities. Yeah. Can you expand it to include other kinds of reality shows, like non-competition shows? Because I feel like the Property Brothers would be would be up for this, and, and they they definitely got the height right. Like I yeah. feel like that yeah. would be be interesting, yeah. And that would be killer because you'd get that third brother they never talk about too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Obviously, we get the McElroys. That's easy. I was about to say <laughs> you've got the McElroy hookup. We just got a whole right. brother episode. God, I'm so excited! I <laughs> bring the Verizzi triplets back. Yes. Like, boom. Oh my God, they need to come back for that one. 
this is I mean, so come good. on, they're triplets. They gotta do the three feet. They like, gotta. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's, wow, that's a perfect episode right there. We've made the perfect Those... episode of television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nope. Okay. Well, uh, I'm gonna make sure to write uh, a tweet to the producers um and say, hey, this is important to me specifically. Uh please do what I want. I hear that's how Twitter works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um oh my gosh i love talking to you about this show um, <laughs> uh yeah i think the only other thing i wanted to comment on from the first group was how they took away the chandelier at the exit oh yeah that was dirty it was like i mean i get it i game design perspective has to happen mm-hmm. yeah. but it was just I, I could feel it in in the team's eyes of just like oh they're taking it away and yeah. with the sound effect too which mm-hmm. I assume was added after but I want to believe wasn't <laughs> as like one final middle finger to those guys <laughs> oh my gosh I mean in, in their defense Jeff made that jump as a standing jump and landed on his feet. Just kind of yes. just hopped over there like a rabbit. Oh, like yeah. it was very impressive. So I mean he didn't need the chandelier, honestly. He might have fallen yeah. um if he had used it. I yeah, yeah. I mean I, I think like in terms of their performance, you know, I don't want to ascribe all of it to just their height or their athleticism. Can we talk about the the opposite of toxic masculinity that they had going on? Because yeah. they were shouting compliments at each other, like really supportive ones. Like they they were they were willing to hug on the obstacles. Yeah, you know? yeah. it was a very very healthy uh, masculine. It felt friendship. very very mature in the way that like um, uh, a lot of men will become more comfortable with. Uh, you know, physical touch and supporting people after having a kid mm-hmm. of like, oh, well, I have a kid and I, ca- I can love my kid. So I can love and show, a, a, you know, show love to another man. Yeah. It is OK. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was just I really liked that. It was it was really good. Yeah. hundred percent, you know, positive masculinity. Still a little bit of that dad vibes. I feel like they weren't always listening to each other, but <laughs> yeah, um, but that's just you know, sort of yeah. at least at least complimenting each other. Yeah, they were complimenting each other. They were uh, really supportive. They were you know checking in with each other which is important mm-hmm. i feel like one of the bigger things that was uh a, a key to their success other than yeah like their height and athleticism was also just like they were trying really hard to stay aware of where everybody else was at and what they needed and like yeah. helping them mm-hmm. scout out the room and stuff um so yeah it was it was beautiful to see truly real heads up game of lava Real good. Uh, before we move on from the team, two things that I did want to note. Yeah. Um, one was I was just delighted that I think Rutledge made his like most blue comments uh, talking about the nutcracker and then them making a nutcracking sound in oh. the show when um, I forget his name, the Australian strategy dad. Uh, um, uh, was crawling Jeff. along the lights. Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Jeff was doing that and they were like, oh, that's one's called the Nutcracker, eh? Get daddy <laughs> some ice. And I was like, damn, Rutledge, okay. <laughs> yeah. He also called them the American Daddyators uh, during yeah. the run. And I yeah. loved that. And don't forget the act of bod pun. Oh my God. I didn't even hear that I one. I don't think I heard that yeah. either. <laughs> it was, yeah. They said that was an act of bod. Oh. And I was like, that is. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> and I actually just realized now that it is active bod and not act of God. Wow. That is so deep, much deeper than I thought. <laughs> yeah, All right. Dude. Well done. 
<laughs> Woofta. Oh, it's so good. Oh, uh, yeah. But um, he did, uh, to kind of move on to the Moms of Steel a little bit, he opened up pretty early during their run with a with a comment that I also made note of. <laughs> because the Moms of Steel were amazing. Mm-hmm. They were oh, totally ripped. They were so cool. I wanted everything for them. Um, and uh, he almost instantly, as soon as they started traversing the room, uh, were, what did, I have the exact quote. Uh, he told the guys, like, I don't know if your arms will ever look as good as Rosanna's. <laughs> I mean, he was right. He was. Like, <laughs> she was amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it was like, so incredible. Uh, no shade on the other two, but Rosanna just took off on yeah. that horse and oh, just yeah. really... I mean, I think she, you know, really showed her ability. I would say as a leader, I would have said maybe check in on your team a little bit yep. more. But, <laughs> but her physical uh, strength was just incredible getting across uh, the the spider wall and the painting wall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she did the, the Christmas lights, which are an, yet another pretty diabolical, difficult yeah. obstacle on this course. She was almost completely upside down, like going across. Oh, yeah. Those. She made it look... So much easier and yet so much harder than, than right. anybody yeah. else who tried it. It was so clear I could never do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm just remembering this wrong, but I also think they cut to Jeff at that point who had done the um, Christmas lights. And he was like, holy hell, like she's killing it. Like he was yeah, yeah. visibly impressed watching her do this. <laughs> like, wow, I struggled so much more than she is. Yeah, it truly. And then uh, even during the the run after them with the Bay Area moms, he looked to her to be like, so how should she be doing it? Because the <laughs> Bay Area moms were like clearly whiffing it. And she's like, so here's how you do it, obviously. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I will also say now that I think about it, rolling back chronologically a little bit, the the dads genuinely looked like they had just come off the course uh when yeah mm. they were up there like the only thing that makes it look like anybody didn't is how clean their hair is uh mm. and the the one dad who fell in craig uh his hair still looked nasty <laughs> Um, well that would probably make sense wouldn't it because two of the dads made it through and then they probably would have stopped earlier to get craig out so chronologically it would just be easier for them to be like okay y'all are finished craig you're mostly done get on up here yeah i suppose Mm -hmm. i it looks like he probably switched out his shirt and just went up there like almost nothing else i think that's so funny that they have them switch at all i know like in my mind i would just be like just go up dirty like we can everything's going to be nasty anyway. We can get one more section nasty, right? I will say... Uh, it'd be so uh, uncomfortable, though. Yeah. It'd be so yeah. uncomfortable. It'd be so gross. And I will also say, <laughs> I, I sat here trying to map out the, like, production timeline, and they definitely, mm. like, reset the room between runs. That's mm. got to take, like, mm. an hour. Oh, I, yeah. Probably. So, like, I mean, at they... Least. Right, because, like, they clean off... Uh, they clean off stuff that's got lava all over it. They've got to reset obstacles, which means somebody's got to go in there and like climb over stuff and like put the paint cans back and, you know, whatever. Um, 
Uh, do you think it's easier to drain the lava to do that or just no, have boats? I no, think it can't that, be. I think that they've just got some like real fit folks going through yeah. and doing just it. Just like Spider-Man um, is doing this. They've hired right. Spider-Man to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he'd do it. Yeah, and I feel like he'd be really a good member of the team. He probably would help mm-hmm. with the pun writing. Uh, oh, definitely. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Spider-Man's a good get, honestly. Um, yeah, 100%. <laughs> but yeah, so like that reset time has to be a while. And so mm-hmm. it, you know, confirms for me that I do think, you know, the teams are up there. Like there's plenty of time for the teams to get cleaned up a bit and then get up there. Uh, but it was just funny to me that Craig still looked gross. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's wow. entirely possible that they make these people because even uh the moms of steel after their run like their arms were still all kind of covered in goo i genuinely started to suspect like they kind of threw a little bit on them on their arms and stuff to be like let's pretend you just came out (laughs) yeah i mean that was my assumption i mean because the other thing is you know we're talking about changing shirts but I would think that the more uncomfortable zone would be you've just been submerged in goo. How do you feel about your underwear right now? For Uh, real. Probably really bad. Shirt, you can handle. Shirt's fine. Underwear. I retract my statement about wanting them to sit in the goo, (laughs) remembering just like how goopy underwear would be. It's got to be. It's got to be so bad. You've got to want to get that off like immediately. Because it's not just water either, which is bad enough. Yeah, yeah. And Fiscusy, it's oof. definitely goopier than it was in season one. So like, oh, so that. much goopier. Yeah. You could see that. I think um, when Bay Area Moms went, uh, Mina's foot got in it. Yeah. And that really showed mm-hmm. the goopiness. Yeah. It, her whole leg like turned orange while it was just like yeah. uh, Nickelodeon <laughs> slime dripping off of mm-hmm. her leg. Like, mm-hmm. oh, no oh way. I I will say if we're if, if we're OK to move on to the Bay Area Moms. Yep. They were my favorite team yeah. by far. Like their attitude was incredible. Their performance was not. Uh, but like it was just strength coming in. I think mm-hmm. specifically, I think Mina had a lot of charisma. That's true. Yes. That was, yes. And I think specifically Mina as a star sort of with uh, Param and Shilpa being, you know, sort of uh, supporting cast really made for entertaining television in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Mina, Mina almost fell in so many times and yes. it had a lot of narrow, like just barely being able to catch herself. And that takes a lot of strength. I think that that's yeah. an underrated element of, of something that's really difficult to do on these courses, that everything is slick. Everything is goopy. It's very high pressure. And to just catch yourself by your fingernails, you know, yeah. and pull yourself mm-hmm. up like when you almost when you almost wipe out just the and the adrenaline even of doing that. Um, to still be able to hang in there is really impressive in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, Param on her team fell that way of like making a jump too short and then not being able to pull up. Right. And I know a lot of other falls have happened that way too. So seeing Mina be able to just like power through some of that is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, And I will say also like one of the, you know, 
kind of cruel things about this course in particular was that these boxes were like they were big, which was nice. Mm -hmm. There were a lot more like big things to jump to than on most of the other courses, but they all got so slick so fast. Mm -hmm. Like they most of the problems that people had were because like they just when they made a running jump off of one like a foot just went flying. They had no real grip. Yeah. Well, they really paid attention to detail with the cardboard by having all of the boxes slightly sloped in where the lava yeah. would pool, just like every good, way too old <laughs> attic box uh, that you've just let sit a little long and has gotten saggy. Yeah. Um, like, I, I think that was great attention to detail by the team. Yeah, it was beautiful, truly. But also like, oh my God, cruel. Uh, I couldn't, yeah. couldn't oh. believe it. They also looked pretty hard. Like it was usually, or at least I remember in season one, you could sort of tell, okay, that looked hard. And as soon as someone smashed into it, you see it's foam. Those boxes looked pretty hard still. Like I'm sure they were covered properly, but they didn't seem to have a lot of give. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a thin layer of really high density foam, which is Mm -hmm. good Mm -hmm. at shock absorption, but would probably still feel pretty hard when you hit it. Right. It's not going to it's not going to give very much like it absorbs some of the force, but it's not it's not going to feel great. I think you would you could still on hard enough foam, you can still bruise yourself. You know, Um, it feels like the doctor's answer to like, hey, Netflix asked, how do we make them hurt the most with the least chance of getting sued? Like, how do we get (laughs) how do we get entertaining pain that will not get us sued? And a doctor was like, yeah, well, if you make it this way, this will lead to the best type of injuries for (laughs) you legally. Legally safe injuries. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You joke, but I guarantee there are lawyers and doctors that are very well versed in that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. Now, in fairness, they did give them a recliner. Yeah. Um, mm. Which, uh, who was it, Parham? Yeah, Parham took advantage Parham definitely of. definitely yeah. made use of. She yeah. deserved it at that point. Yeah. She had, she had oh done so much to get to that point. And after starting her, her course off, like falling completely into the box and then just oh. thinking about maybe staying there for a while, which is very fair. <laughs> I loved it because yeah. Shilpa was like, are you there? She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I'm just oh. going to, you know, I, chill. Yeah. I mean, I think that's and because it was interesting because uh, Parham did the same thing that Rosanna did on the second team, which is just get so much farther than everybody else so quickly, mm-hmm. which I think going back to the beginning, in a sense, is sort of like showcases again. They needed those exit passes because yeah. otherwise everybody was going to take that other route. Right. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, what I think she had fallen in before anybody had even gotten to the gramophone on her team. I think so. Yeah. Or at least very close. I'm I'm pretty sure. Don't fact check me, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll say close enough. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was close at the very least. Mm. Uh, yeah. I did love also that Shilpa just sort of stood at the door and yelled at everybody for like a oh my long gosh. time. Like I love that's a whole type of character. I feel like yeah. on the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> which like i completely understand oh yeah um, uh but but it's always very funny when you see it happen because the editors are not kind to someone who yeah. stays back <laughs> yeah no kidding i loved rutledge was like i think bam stands for barely any movement <laughs> and he definitely said that oh, yeah. in the room uh oh yeah and that wasn't like voiceover later because you saw like the other teams kind of laughing and reacting to it yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love when you get those. And I also love, I think they actually did it really well in this episode. Uh, they've added a lot more, I don't know, I like to call them youtube cuts. Sort of the like, you make a joke and then they threw to like, you know, barely any movement. We made yeah. that graphic or we, yeah. you know, I think they made a Jedi pun for the dads yep. and they cut to that. And I really love those. And I think so far this season, they've used them just sparingly enough so that they're fun and exciting mm-hmm. yeah. and they have not become overused. Uh, but I think that's a real treat. They also made the uh, Miss Lava 2022. When, yes. Uh, <gasps> that was incredible. That was so I'm, good. That was so perfect. That I remember so watching good. that uh, with my fiance and we were both just like, oh my God, she's a queen. And then I they threw her. like Miss Lava. But I was like, yes, this is so perfect. Yeah, no, it was so good. I it was heartbreaking to me having the the two teams of women get zero people across. Yeah, uh, and especially yeah. like watching uh, Rosanna in the the last group fall off at, at the chandelier because she just oh like grabbed God. it in yeah. the wrong place. I a hundred percent do not believe that those like light bulbs were meant to be a trap. I think they just like, we were not attached well. And that was my thought too, is I was like, they were definitely like, who would grab from this part? There's very clearly a better part to grab. Right. From. Like there was definitely yeah. a, someone in the prop department who had a panic attack for a second. of like, <laughs> yeah. Oh crap. Yeah. I kind of assumed that maybe that was that she had been a gymnast and that was gymnast brain kicking in that she yeah. saw those and just assumed that they were supposed to be handles that you were supposed to grab there um, rather than reaching for the ring, which admittedly because the women were a bit shorter would have been much harder to Mm -hmm. reach that ring because it's a smaller target and it's higher up. Um, So, I mean, I I understand why she jumped for those, but that's got to be one of the most punishing, like unnecessarily cruel, even unintentionally (laughs) eliminations that, uh, that I, that I remember from this season or the last one. The only thing I can think of in terms of, you know, maybe it being purposeful was just that, like, I feel like having light bulbs in any context like that feels like a safety concern that Hollywood would understand. Yeah, I mean, um, they made... But I don't know. They made a, a sound effect go in, but it, in no reality were those light bulbs. Like, those were yeah, almost no. certainly ping pong balls with some, like, wire maybe wrapped around an end. Like, I... I'm pretty sure. That yeah, that they was couldn't snapping. actually use light bulbs. That would just be yeah. right. They were just trying to make rope look like a chandelier somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I assumed yeah. that they were silicone, um, oh, which sure. may or may not be accurate. Yeah, that would make. But yeah, I mean, I I think I also would have expected that maybe they were silicone over a knot in the rope, right? So that then it would yeah. be like a coated mm-hmm. knot that you could grab onto. Like I think my brain would have gone the same place of like, oh yes, you're supposed to grab on here rather than at the top of the chandelier. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's one of those like it's it's hard when you're designing obstacles and coming up with like a physical way to design them so that they look good. And mm-hmm. then thinking mm-hmm. about what's going to happen to them under stress, especially when people grab something that you don't expect them to grab. This is right. certainly a problem that, you know, from my cosplay days that I encountered pretty frequently, you would be amazed the things that people grab and the ways that they move them that you do yeah. not expect that they're going to attempt to do, mm. you know. Um, and that was like on a person, you know, not in a setting where you were expected to grab things. Um so it's it's a it's probably a a really big design challenge, right? To figure out what are the sort yeah. of limits of how much we can have things move, how much weight they can bear, in what way, and what do we know about what people are going to do? Considering that, like Shilpa didn't even notice that there was another way 
to go. Um, yeah. yeah, like that was the whole time. Just I was at first I thought she didn't want to go up there because, you know, maybe it was an arm strength thing. And then I was like, no, she doesn't see that. Yeah. Like, yeah. She thinks that's just part of the wall that's like industrial or something. Well, yeah. I think she just straight up didn't see them like I, I like not even thinks it's part of the wall, like did not see the poles because or the pipes, yeah. because when I watched it the second time through, I tried to like watch closer and like they're basically the same color as the wall mm-hmm. so it was i think pretty yeah. easy to accidentally overlook them um but you know also i mean shilpa was also the one who you know had hung back and not done anything for the first chunk of time i think she was probably a little more hesitant than the other two just in general mm-hmm. so it was you know the I think the hardest path to have to take. And so for it to end up falling to her to do it was a little rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just every every one of especially the the uh Bay Area moms teams like falls were heartbreaking to me. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Parm almost making it to that box. So like she didn't even mm-hmm. get to try mm-hmm. for the the chandelier she almost made it to the box almost hauled herself up and then couldn't and then uh both uh mina and and shilpa whiffing it on that turntable which at that point i was like i've solved this please someone listen to me i'm screaming (laughs) at my television (laughs) i will give them credit though i think uh the the steel moms and bear moms both figured out what the dads couldn't which is step up onto the yeah. phone yes. part of the gramophone so you're not on the record mm-hmm. and you can stop spinning, which I was like, um, you'd think it would be easy, but very clearly not everyone figured it out. So I was yeah. just like, you got that part, uh, but you couldn't get the jump, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, I think I think fatigue is a is a huge factor that the one of the problems with being hesitant is that then you have to do something like Shilpa had mm. to do backtracking multiple times and yeah. and the the amount of tiredness and also uncertainty that that allows into your life is Mm -hmm. just, you know, the course is too punishing to allow that. Like, I think there are some advantages to doing things quickly, um, not just from a time and competitive standpoint, but because then you're not as tired and you're not as, you're not as scared. Basically you don't have as much time to think about it. Yeah. Um, You just get in that flow. Yeah. I mean, my 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 uh, comparison for that is like when you're doing weird platforming video games. I think about <laughs> it when you do like hard parts of it. Sometimes it's easier to just run fast and not think, and sometimes that's what does it rather than trying to go from platform to platform. Yeah. Um. So this video game skill feels very transferable, <laughs> logic wise, at least to Flora's Lava. Yeah. <laughs> Did Shilpa? Shilpa didn't fall off on the gramophone. Shilpa fell off. By face planting onto a mannequin. She face planted into the mannequin. Yep. Yeah. So that's my bad. And I wanted to retract that before our, you know, 70 Twitter followers came for me. Um, <laughs> so I'm fixing that. I mean, one. it's always important. Twitter, Twitter can go hard. You gotta yeah. get it, you gotta nip that in the bud early. Early. Yeah. Which is to say six minutes after I said the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> and then we've got the volcano climb, the smolder boulder climb. We're going to try to make that work. <laughs> Smolder boulder. Yeah, I guess we're okay. trying to make that happen. I, I, I you know, I've Sweet. had some time to think about something else. 
And I have absolutely not done that at all. Yeah. I liked I liked Lava Mama. I know y'all don't. Um, <laughs> but I just want to put my, you know, put my hat in the ring for that one again. Yeah. Um, or maybe a simplified like Mount Rutledge or something. <laughs> Mount Rutledge would be funny. That is, that's very distinguished. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of other like famous mountains and lava puns for him as I was biking home today. And I completely fell flat as well. I was like, <laughs> Lava Horn? No, yeah. that's nothing. <laughs> Never mind. So there, it's it's a tough one it is it's a tough one i feel like we made the single best uh lava related pun in our show name and so we're kind of <laughs> never gonna quite live up to that after yeah. this and so well, look if you get rutledge on the show then yeah, maybe yeah. he can he can help uh, he can help step it up just the absolute <laughs> dream uh <laughs> but yeah the the uh the actual climb was like wildly uneven again mm-hmm. in a way that I so was lopsided. a little surprised by. Yeah. Uh, they all had like really great teamwork going in uh, between the Moms of Steel and the dad bods. Um, I also mm-hmm. appreciated Rutledge opening it with, we've got a real parent trap going here. I was like, oh, yes, right. yes thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the dad's just sort of like, again, I think that height advantage, especially on I the... I was mm. about to say... In the lava, it feels so, or excuse me, the volcano feels so critical. Yeah. That jump, I, I could see the Moms of Steel hesitating as they had to jump to the platform, which I think is fair given yeah. that yeah. height difference. Like, I think, you know, I don't know their heights, but if we're going to assume like low fives, you know, to like low sixes between the two teams, like that's a big difference mm-hmm. in how far a jump is. Yeah, totally. And like, this was also the first time that it was kind of pointed out that like you could fall in the lava here and yeah. be out. Mm-hmm. And that's just that. Yeah. Like I hadn't really considered it. Uh, and then they did like a slow-mo on one of the moms as she was like making the jump onto that like little platform at the base of the volcano. And in episode two, they mentioned like everybody has to get there before anybody can start climbing. Uh, and I was just like, but she almost fell. That could have been it. (laughs) And apparently, yeah. yeah. So that was wild to me. Well, I noticed that the the moms were really hesitant. I I mean, Mm -hmm. I I think like they had a slow start because the weather vane is another thing that's affected pretty strongly by height. It looked like they were having some difficulty reaching it. Like Rebecca Mm -hmm. was okay with it, but for everyone else, it seemed to be just a little too high. But then they were hesitant even going like between the two chimneys on that fairly straight piece that seems not too difficult and i think it might be because they know what the lava brings (laughs) you know yeah i think i think they were i think (laughs) they've all been touched by the lava. yeah they had that fear um you know of of falling and and the awareness that they could um Mm -hmm. even on a relatively easy obstacle and i'm kind of wondering whether that got to them a little bit um no that tracks i I believe that i mean even uh (laughs) even at the end uh when the guys had won they were like, does that mean the girls have to go down the slide? <laughs> <laughs> that was so I that the pure joy that Craig had in that moment just gave me so much life. I'm just like, whoa, the girls had to go down the slide. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> also, for sure, they cut after that to like him going down that slide and having a blast. Oh, like, for sure. He was so excited to watch them. It was like, hell yeah, now I get to do it. <laughs> my turn. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, yeah. It was so good. 
Which I was thinking about because I was like, how do they get down if not via the slide? Mm. Like after you win, because like I guess you could climb down or they could bring someone to you. But but why? I, I would imagine most people <laughs> just go down the slide after they yeah. win too. It's got to be yeah. like a little safer, right? You know? Yeah. That's I mean, what I the safest safer. for sure. It's the safest option and also the most fun. And also uh, in every instance, after you've won, part of the celebration is a bunch of lava comes out of the volcano. So you're already nasty. <laughs> you're lavaed up anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You might as well go down the slide. <laughs> but I also, before we get too far away from it, I want to just throw in a conspiracy theory that yes. I believe the right side of the volcano is more difficult than the left side. Hmm. I know they're supposed to be identical, but I, you know, I've seen the teams. I know the kickballers won in season or in episode two on that side, but you know, between these two teams and watching some of the stuff, I'm just like, I don't know. There's something about that side, either getting slipperier. I think it's might have to do with the way that the cameras are set, mm -hmm. that there is less room on that other side. It's against the wall on the left side. So mm -hmm. there's less, you know, lava, there's less stuff to get in the way. I don't have any proof <laughs> other than, you know, my my intuition as a lava fan. And I just want to throw it out there for people to be considering Look. as they watch this volcano. And I want Rutledge to know <laughs> that I'm paying attention. Look, wild speculation is what we're all about on this show. <laughs> Absolutely. So I support you in that. I yes. uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I I hadn't really thought about it, but looking back on it, at least. Two of the three that lost. I mean, I guess that's about 50-50 still if we're being, you know, well, statistical. Yeah. Out of three, yeah, but it's also but like, as close to 50-50 as we can be with whole numbers. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, fair. Fine. So, yeah. uh, you know. So far. Not super Just keep it in mind. But we should keep an eye on it because if anybody's going to hold them to, uh, you know, to an honest... Yeah. Uh, we need you to speak truth to the power of the volcano. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, if anybody's going to make them do the show with the integrity it deserves, it's us. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is your purpose. That is what we're here for. <laughs> People think this is an entertainment podcast. No, it no. is a documentary series <laughs> holding lava is floor. Floor is lava too. Uh, account. <laughs> they can't keep getting away with this. Yeah, this is a true crime podcast. <laughs> right. well, I mean, that'll be great for numbers. I hear that's the most popular kind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been thinking, uh, Anne, that we should probably pivot anyway and somehow do that. <laughs> um, I don't know about my production quality, uh, given that uh, I, you know, I we had to record this extremely early because of my schedule and editing mm -hmm. uh timelines. But you never know. Um I, I could probably uh quit my job or something and then make that work. Um <laughs> sure. Yeah. I I think we we start by calling our listeners uh Lavarinos and sure. yep. <laughs> that's that's a solid start and uh we'll 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 move forward from there. <laughs> Yeah, that's absolutely. great. I mean, I'm sure you you'll take an all expense paid trip to Hawaii to explore birders that happen on other <laughs> volcanoes as sort of an offshoot for the Patreon. Yeah, of like course. it's it, it writes itself at this point. Yeah, it'll be perfect. Um, well, Tom, uh, as is tradition on our show, I want to ask you now that we're going to uh, hold this show to the the 
appropriate standards. Uh, who would you want to be your two teammates if you competed on this show? Knowing that we're going to do everything in our power to make it fair. <laughs> okay. I've got two answers here. And one is people I know and my friends, which would be my brother and my friend Yuki. Mm -hmm. I think that would make for a great team. My brother is in medical school, so he'll know how to treat uh, some of these wounds or at least identify them. Uh, he is also taller and more physically fit than me. And he gets real goofy when he does sort of obstacle stuff like this. So I think he'll have that perfect sort of like beautiful, talented, charismatic middle America vibe that will get us on TV and make us look good in front of the audience. Excellent. Uh, and my friend Yuki is fantastic. She is very nimble and can jump farther than anyone I've ever met. So I think I'm trying to create a team here that will make us look good while also having a lot of different performance uh, strengths. Excellent. Um, if I could really pick anybody, though, it would definitely be uh, Netflix star, Mr. Peanut Butter. Uh, <laughs> you know, if I can get on with a Netflix star, I think that would be great. They'll obviously give us a lot of screen time. Yeah. And then I think as another animated character, Kim Possible oh would just God. be easy peasy. <laughs> Holy like, crap. Kim gets it done. Peanut butter tells the jokes. I'm there for the ride. You know, I think it makes for great TV either way. Yeah, you're just having a good time at that point. <laughs> I mean, and that's what I'm here for. Like, I have, I am under no uh, pretenses that I will win $10,000. I would love to, but mostly <laughs> I want to have a fun experience and I want us to look good on TV. I don't want to be one of those teams that they rag on yeah. too much, you know? Yeah, for sure. I want a loving ragging, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, great. Tom, it's been so great having you on the show. Thank you so much. This has been a gosh darn delight. It is always a treat to talk to y'all. And I knew this was going to be fun, but it was even more fun than I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly went off the rails in all of my favorite ways. And I'm so grateful. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. I'm sorry, but nope. it was a yeah, I loved it. <laughs> That's why we asked you. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh. Uh, well, I guess now I have to wrap up and remember how to do that. That's cool. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, we did. Tom has not plugged. Tom, would Tom. you like to plug? Oh, we cannot leave yeah, the volcano. I'll... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't, uh, um, do as much online as I used to, but I would say the best place to follow me would be on Twitter. I am at Dictacular. Um, mostly it is me, uh, being various levels of food criminal and discovering yeah. <laughs> strange ways to eat and drink, uh, and then doing a lot of retweets about bike infrastructure. So Excellent. if that's what you're into, I've got a lot of it. And if it's not, you'll want to stay away. <laughs> Tom also has a really good thread of every time he sees a Jeep with paw prints on the little wheel cover. Oh um, yeah. So it says Jeep. Um, I, yeah. that brings me a lot of joy every time that thread gets updated. So that's, yeah, that's my other one. Yeah. I collect, I collect Jeeps that, uh, don't say Jeep on them, <laughs> which I've seen a lot more of since moving to Colorado. I bet. Um, yeah, but that, that's a real treat. So yeah. Uh, my Twitter is over committing to bad bits. So yeah. if that's what you're here for, come on by. Excellent. Uh, well, Thank you to Dr. Popular for the use of his song Lava as the intro and outro of our program. Uh, you can find more of his music on Bandcamp, and we have that linked in our episode description. And uh, we will see you again next week. Lavarinos, is that what we're going with? I think so. <laughs> Lavarinos. Pending, pending something better. 
Um, but we will continue to investigate lava crimes and only lava crimes. <laughs> and it's very important that we speak the truth, which is that we want everyone to remember that all's fair in lava and floor. <laughs> Wow. True crime podcast. Okay. I got to learn how to do that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I would have better jokes if I listened to any of them. <laughs> right. It's Same. unfortunate that everybody I think I know uh, listens to podcasts and none of them listen to true crime podcasts. Yeah. <laughs>